husband needs a wife, he never suspects of being impure. He ought to never have any kind of jealousy that would lead him to think that she is being unfaithful to him. And the way he knows she's pure is that she shows him absolute respect. She looks up to him and she admires him so that he has no reason to doubt her devotion. You know, I just cannot imagine what a burden it must be for anyone who is not able to trust their spouse to be faithful. What an emotional and mental load that must be. How it must distract from pursuing their dreams and even their routine work. If you can live your life in such a way that your husband has complete trust in you, you have given him a tremendous help. Welcome to Verse by Verse. We're thrilled to have you with us today. Verse by Verse is a, sort of a classroom of the air, taught by pastor teacher Steve Kreloff. Since 1981, Pastor Steve has been teaching and ministering at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Lakeside also has a wonderful Christian school. The website for the school is lakesidechristianschool.org. Well, today Pastor Steve is concluding the second message in a two-message lesson that is titled, The Wife's Responsibilities. He has some solid biblical ideas as to how wives can fulfill their role by helping their husbands. As we have said in a previous broadcast, society looks down on helpers, but God favors them. In fact, Jesus called the Holy Spirit our helper, so helping is clearly an honorable role for anyone. Let's listen now as Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff begins our class. What about the temptations facing a wife who works outside of the home, and there are a few here. Temptation number one, it's easy to take your problems of work home with you to the point where you, you think, well, I'm just working during the day, I'm home with my family, but no, maybe you're not, maybe you're, you're still mentally at work. It's easy to be, for your work to become all-consuming to the point where you're never really home, even if you're physically there. Second temptation, when you do get home, you are tempted to be so tired that you're too tired to deal with biblical responsibilities, such as, do you have a, a, a vital quiet time to spend time alone with the Lord? Are you able to spend time alone with your husband? Not just quality, but quantity time. Are you able to help your children with their homework? They need you at that, at that point. Spending time with them? See, that's a, that's a danger, that's a temptation, that you're tired, sure, but you might be tempted to be so tired that you're not going to fulfill your other responsibilities. In fact, you can be too tired to deal with anybody to the point where you just run from people. The attitude, you know, I, I've been working with people all day, I've been hassled. I don't want to do anything else. I'm, I'm home, it's your job to take care of, of other things. I've worked hard. Be careful. Third temptation tempting to not submit to your husband because why? You support the family too. You bring home a check. It may even be larger than his. And the attitude could be, who is he to tell me what to do with my check? I make money and I'm not going to, I don't have to listen to him. That's a real temptation. It's a real temptation. A fourth temptation is a very dangerous one. It's a temptation to have an affair with a work associate who is especially kind to you. Especially kind. And it happens many, many, many times. And here's how it happens. Something like this. He listens to you better than your husband does. He really pays attention. 
He laughs at the things that are funny with you. Your husband seldom laughs anymore. The things that, that you think are funny. He's sympathetic to your problems. Your husband isn't. And, and this man appreciates you. Your husband tends to take you for granted. Then after this, he starts opening up to you about his problems. And there are many. You may have the best of intentions. You just want to be sympathetic. You want to be a friend. You want to just help him. But before you know it, you find yourself becoming emotionally involved with him. Really understanding this poor victim of a nasty wife. You understand like nobody else does. And you're emotionally involved. And then that becomes eventually a physical involvement and people can see this happening before it's physical and they warn you and your attitude is no it's not going to happen to me no now i'm just being a friend nobody understands this man i do nobody understands him i won't fall first corinthians 10 12 says uh take heed lest you think you won't fall because you will people just don't understand we just have a platonic relationship well give it some time And then you're physically involved. Listen, I just want to tell you, ladies, something from a man's perspective. There are wolves out there in the workplace. Do not be naive about this. There are wolves waiting to grab you. Savage wolves. Be very, very, very careful. So help your husband by... Being worthy of trust. Help your husband by being supportive of him. And help your husband by enjoying your work. Now let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 3. Because we want to get three ways from this portion of scripture that a wife can help her husband. 1 Peter chapter 3 verses 1 through 6 is uh, is really about a one one thing primarily. And that is... A wife can help her husband who does not know Jesus Christ by living a certain way that he will be attracted to Christ. First Peter 3, 1 says, In the same way you wives be submissive to your own husbands so that if, if any of them are disobedient to the word, and he means they're, they're lost, they're non-Christians. A Christian is obedient to the word. This is one who's disobedient to the word. They may be won without a word by the behavior of their wives. So primarily, the best way you can help your husband, he's saying, is if your husband is a non-Christian and you are a Christian, you can help him by leading him to the Lord. Not through words, although eventually words have to come out because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But you build a foundation by living a certain way. Not by nagging him, not by preaching to him, but by living a certain way. Win your husband by godly behavior. By by the way, I think this also applies to a Christian wife married to a husband who claims to know Christ. and He may even know Christ, but he's certainly not spiritually minded. So there's a certain application here, though Peter specifically in context is dealing with a non-Christian. So the point is this, ladies. Stop telling your husbands how to live, whether they're Christians or non-Christians. It's not your job to tell them how to live. You just make some changes in the way you live and you set an example of what true godliness is so that he'll be attracted to Jesus Christ who made you so godly. That's the point. You see, if he sees some concrete changes in you, he might conclude that the person who changed you could also change him. 
Now, specifically, what kind of behavior is needed to help a husband either come to Christ or grow in Christ? Number one, submissive behavior. We just read verse one, and it says that to be submissive to your own husbands, submissive behavior. One wife in her zeal to win her husband to the Lord, and we commend her for her zeal, not for what she did, but uh, what she did in order to get Christ across to her husband, she left the Christian radio station on from morning till evening, day and night. And when he would come home from work, she would raise the volume. Listen, that doesn't turn her husband on. That turns him off. Believe me, it's not the way to win him to Christ. It's the way to drive him from Christ. That's, that's really obnoxious. Because he knew exactly what she was doing. If you really want your husband to see Jesus Christ and how wonderful he is, then just submit to your husband. Why? Because submitting to your husband is a picture of Jesus Christ who submitted not only to the Father, but also to evil men who put him on a cross. That's why as we go back in chapter 2 of 1 Peter, this is the context. Verse 21. For you have been called for this purpose since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you as an example leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps. He suffered, you suffer. He suffered at the hands of unsaved people, you suffer at the hands of an unsaved husband. Here's how to behave. Who committed no sin, nor is any deceit found in his mouth. While being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. And he himself bore our sins. Notice his submission led to the cross. He bore our sins in his body, on the tree or on the cross that we might die to sin and live to righteousness for who by his wounds you were healed for you were continually straying like sheep but now you've turned returned to the shepherd and guardian of your soul and then it just says in the same way you wives be submissive in other words as Jesus Christ was submissive and it, and it meant the cross so you are to be submissive and you will be by your behavior really proclaiming the cross proclaiming the cross this is your sermon of the cross Submission led to the cross. So submit, and he'll see a picture of Jesus Christ, who is the most submissive. Second way that a wife helps her husband is by pure and respectful behavior. This is very important. Verse 2 of First Peter 3. As they observe your chaste or pure, you could translate it, and respectful behavior. A husband needs a wife he never suspects of being impure. You ought to never have any suspicions. You ought to never have any kind of jealousy that would lead him to think that she is being unfaithful to him. And the way he knows she's pure is that she shows him absolute respect. Absolute respect. She looks up to him and she admires him so that he has no reason to doubt her devotion. You see, and this is just reality, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to you straight. There are too many Christian wives married to non-Christian husbands or 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 Christian husbands who are kind of what I call nowhere men. They're just kind of nowhere. They're just kind of floating around. They're not doing anything for the Lord. There are too many Christian wives married to men like that, and they become enamored with some spiritual man in the church, perhaps even a leader. And uh, they think he's so different, she thinks, he's so different from my unsaved or non-spiritual husband. They begin to fantasize how nice it must be to be married to a man like that. The attitude of the grass is always greener on the other side. It may not be greener, it may be 
pretty rough being married to a man like that. You may not know what he's like, but they begin to fantasize. And before long, that fantasy becomes temptation. And uh, then you can easily give in to temptation. And you see, a husband senses that. He senses that her respect is for another man. Especially if he's a non-Christian, he's going to have some kind of attitude problem. No wonder he doesn't like the church. She likes the men in the church, or one in particular, and he knows that. This man in the church gets the respect that he ought to get. Listen, a, a husband needs the respect of a wife. Ladies, be in awe of your husband. That's what this verse is saying. Be in awe of him. Tell him often that you admire him. And tell him what you admire about him. And don't lie. But there are things you have admiration for. Tell him. Dwell on his positive qualities, not his faults and sins and failures. He knows those quite well. And other people tell him about that anyway. But no one else is going to tell him about the positive qualities. That's your job. That's your job. Number three, and this is really number six, when you put it all together, the way you can help your husband is by inward beauty. Concentrating on your spiritual life, your walk with Jesus Christ. Notice verses three and four, and I want to explain this because I think these are misunderstood verses. And let not your adornment be external only, braiding the hair and wearing gold jewelry and putting on dresses, but let it be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. In the ancient world of Peter's day, as well as in our own world, there was a tremendous emphasis put on outward beauty, especially uh, for women. But outward beauty fades. And what your husband needs is a wife who has inner beauty, real beauty. These verses teach that a wife ought to be more concerned about developing inward beauty and godly qualities than, than how her hair looks or what dresses she wears or the jewelry she has on. She ought to be developing a, a meek and a quiet spirit. That doesn't mean that she doesn't say anything. It just means her heart is at rest in the Lord. Her heart is in submission to the Lord. She's, she's concentrating on the inward qualities of a godly uh, heart. Now, I, I always feel like I need to clarify this because some people have read this, some women have read this and they said, aha, all jewelry is out. All makeup is out. Well, if you're going to do that, then you have to say, according to verse 3, all dresses are out. It says putting on dresses. He's not saying don't look good or don't care about that. This doesn't mean that outward looks aren't important. I'm, I'm just going to tell you something that maybe your husbands would not tell you or they might be too awkward feel awkward to tell you, or if they told you, they'd have to duck after you swung at them. But I'm going to tell you something that you need to hear. Your husband doesn't want you to neglect the way you look. That's right. Your figure, your hair, your clothes, he wants you to look as good as you can. Now, he will love you regardless of how you look. At least I hope he will. Because if he doesn't, it's not real love. But he'd prefer you to take care of yourself. And there are many women who, especially after they have children, just let themselves go. You ought to be careful about what you eat. You ought to be careful about staying in shape through some form of exercise. Now, having said that, you might are you saying that that is so important? No, I'm just saying that is somewhat important. It's not more important than inward beauty. That's what Peter is saying. 
He's saying that inward beauty is the priority. But having said that, he is not teaching that we are that, that women ought to neglect themselves. You ought to look as attractive as you can for your husband. You you are married to him, and uh, you ought to put some effort into the way you look. That's all. That's all we're saying. Okay. I guess it's about finding the right balance, not ignoring that which is secondary, yet also not letting it overshadow that which is primary. Oh, and I have a small tip for you men who might be thinking of saying, I told you so, to your wives right about now. Don't do it. Nothing good ever follows the words, I told you so. You just let God deal with her, while hopefully she lets God deal with you. I suggest that you both keep on finding things to praise each other for and see what happens. There are times for constructive criticism, but we wouldn't want too much of that, would we? Well, if you just turned on your radio and you're wondering what's going on, let us introduce ourselves. You're listening to Verse by Verse. It's a radio class taught by Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Pastor Steve has been at Lakeside for over 25 years now, and this program is an outgrowth of his ministry there. You can visit our website, versebyverseradio.org, after the broadcast and learn more about Verse by Verse Ministries. The website also provides a means to listen to today's radio program or to subscribe to our podcasting service. That's versebyverseradio.org. By the way, if you're new to the Clearwater area and you're looking for a church to call home, or if you're passing through on a Sunday, we invite you to come visit us. Lakeside is located at 1893 Sunset Point Road in Clearwater, Florida. Take Sunset Point Road west from U.S. 19. The church is halfway between U.S. 19 and the beach. Now, let us get back to our class as Pastor Steve wraps up this message about the biblical role of the wife. Now that we've meddled in that, inward beauty. Wives, the best way you can help your husband is to be godly. That's that's really the point of 1 Peter 3, that kind of behavior. Be godly, maintaining a healthy walk with Jesus Christ. Why? Because you will, first of all, set a good example for your husband. You'll know how to pray for him. That's a great help to him. See, godliness moves out in that area. You'll know how to pray for him. If you're not walking with the Lord, how are you going to know how to pray for him? You'll be discerning. You'll be able to give him biblical and godly advice, which is what he needs, and facing the problems that he has. And, and this is what he needs, and this is how you can help him. So be godly. Your husband, overall, needs a godly wife, spiritual wife. Now, let's, let's wrap this together. Don't turn your minds off, but let's wrap this together with the Bring it together with a few concluding thoughts. God has given wives the wonderful opportunity to be their husband's helper. This is not demeaning. This is your God-created role. This is how you can be liberated. If you fulfill these responsibilities, not only will you uh, be liberated, but you will get a reward. That's right. Let's go back to Proverbs 31. There's a reward. Now, doesn't this become interesting? Proverbs 31. The reward is this, it says in verse 28 and following, her children rise up and bless her, her children also, her husband rather also, and he praises her saying, many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the product of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. 
An excellent wife who enjoys her role in life as her husband's helper receives praise from her children and her husband, in fact, from other people as well. In fact, her husband thinks that she's the greatest. That's that's what he means. That's what he says in verse 29. Many daughters have done nobly. Hey, there are a lot of great wives. But he says, but you excel them all. You're the greatest. You're the best. Her husband thinks she's the greatest. Now, let me ask you, you wives, this. Does your husband think you're the greatest wife? Does he think that, that you are the greatest? Men, if you do think that, then your assignment this afternoon is to tell your wife that. Tell her that she's the greatest. Now, if there are areas that you feel that we've touched upon that she needs to improve, improve, and then, then you need to tell her because Ephesians 4 says speaking the truth in love. You need to do that. And, and if you can't say she's the greatest, and you need to tell her why. And uh, ladies, it, it may hurt, but it'll, in the long run, help you. You need to talk about these things. You need to discuss practical ways in which you can Im- improve. So don't look at this woman of Proverbs 31 and say, oh, isn't she perfect? Look at her and say, hey, this is the standard that God wants. There's always room for improvement. And I'll tell you why. Because we're all sinners. We're all sinners. And uh, sinners need the Lord to constantly work in their lives and bring them to, uh, to, to new, uh, new understanding, new attitudes, new things that we uh, need to repent of and so forth. See, we're all sinners. No wife is perfect. No husband is perfect. But the Bible tells us how to deal with these problems and, and how to adjust our lives. You know, you may, you may be a non-Christian and listen to this and say, how could I ever live any way like this? Well, you can't apart from Jesus Christ. You need to know that, that the first step in living a life like this is to know Jesus Christ. And you come to know Christ when you recognize that you're sinful. You're not a victim of, of other people's, uh, other people picking on you or how you were raised. You are a sinner. And a sinner needs a savior. You need to repent of your sin and trust Jesus Christ as the only way to heaven. When you do that, you enter into a relationship with him and he gives you the grace and the desires to be the kind of godly person that he, he wants you to be. So if you'd like to speak to somebody about trusting Christ, after the service, we have uh, someone who will be waiting for you right by the door near the organ. You just go and speak to them and privately discuss your need for Christ. If you do know the Lord Jesus, and especially you ladies, you might have to make some adjustments. Some of these things may have been very convicting. You need to have an honest talk with your husband this afternoon or this evening, sometime today, and find out what he's thinking. And if you haven't been the helper you should be, you need to confess to God and then, and then ask your husband to forgive you as well. I remember a few weeks ago when the shoe was on the other foot. Pastor Steve invited the wives to lovingly suggest ways their husbands could improve. Well, now it's the other way around. Don't forget when you have this discussion to bathe it in love. Let her know that you really do love her and she's a wonderful wife. But you know, there are a few things that could be better. And if you don't know Christ as your Savior, by all means, take Pastor Steve's admonition to heart and deal with that issue right away. If you try to make all this advice work without the power of God in your life, you will fail. It will be like buying a car when you have no source of fuel for the car. It might go for a while, but not for long. 
No one has the strength to make this happen without the help of God. You've been listening to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Now don't forget our web address. It's versebyverseradio.org. You can listen again to this broadcast at our website or you can take advantage of our free podcasting service. That's versebyverseradio.org. To order a CD of the entire message, please call us at 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a phone number and we'll return your call during weekday office hours. That's 727-441-1714. And while you're on the phone, you may want to ask for a copy of the Verse by Verse Journal. Verse by Verse Ministries is a faith ministry supported by the prayers and gifts of interested listeners who have first been faithful to their local church. We hope you'll be back in class next time for the start of a new lesson, Marriage and Money.